Well, a happy Valentine's Day to all of you out there on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. It is a day of love today, and I'm sure that's being shown today on the text line. Not really. When I pulled up in the seat, I looked on the text line. Someone's saying you're acting like a nerd again, and someone was calling <laughs> Steely a curmudgeon. So not a lot of love going on today on yeah. the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Is that fair? No, people, people actually do love it. The pastor said that last 15 minutes of radio was amazing. Mm. Parker nerding out on annunciations and Steely yelling at clouds. You guys are awesome. Yeah, that, it, that's, it, it's fun. Thank um, you, Pastor, for that kind comment. But it is Valentine's Day, a day of love, but also um, a day for some to maybe sadly reflect on the one or ones that got away. The oh ones boy. that got away. Oh, boy. Why? Well, that, that took a turn real quick. It, it did, and there's a Go reason there, that Right it did. off the bat. I just read a story today where Barry by God Switzer, who didn't lose very many recruiting battles back in the day, I don't know if this is Valentine's Day themed or not, but he mentioned two recruits in particular that got away from the Oklahoma Sooners when he was in Norman. Okay. Would, would you like to, and text line as well, yes. They didn't play for the same school. They played for different schools. Two recruits that got away from Barry Switzer. Can I take a guess? I'd, that's Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm hoping for here. I'd have to figure Earl Campbell is definitely one, right? Okay. Uh, well, I just again, I'm going to let the text line kind of think about this and get in their submissions. Um, Earl Campbell and Turner Gill; those are my guesses. Earl Campbell and Turner Gill. One goes to Texas; the other goes to Nebraska. Who ended up later being the head coach of Kansas, and it did not go well for Turner Gill uh, at no, Kansas. It did not. not at all. Um, you are half right on okay. your two submissions. I'll there. take it. I'll take one for two. You are uh, you are half right there. Now, two. We've already got three submissions in, and they. Well, now it's like up to six. Now it's going to go up to about seven here. The next time I say something, the two recruits that got away in the Barry Switzer era, according to the King himself. Yes, Earl Campbell, the Tyler Rose. He goes to Texas, and Eric Dickerson who opted for SMU instead of uh, OU. And and someone was calling you a nerd last segment about the whole enunciation stuff. I was 21 years old. Uh, my, uh, my family took me to Vegas uh, when I was 21. Eric Dickerson was signing autographs. And, yeah, I was that guy that told him face-to-face, Parker, hey, I wish you would have gone OU instead of SMU, <laughs> to which he just laughed at me. Earl Campbell... And uh, and Eric Dickerson are the two. Uh, a lot of people said Barry Sanders, yeah. but OU never offered Barry Sanders. Out of Wichita, yeah. Wichita, Kansas. I know Barry Sanders' dad wanted him to go to Oklahoma, but he didn't have an offer there. Was was it Barry? Do I have this right? Was Barry Sanders' dad an OU fan? Yes, big yeah. time OU fan, and was very much uh, what would the word be uh, demoralized when he found out that his son was signing with the Pokes. Well, but again, you didn't out. recruit Barry Sanders. Yeah, worked out well for him. Here's what the King said about Earl Campbell first. I came back from watching high school football in Texas, and I told my staff, I saw a kid last night play football who, without a doubt, is going to make one of the 26 NFL teams. He was right about that. Then he goes and on to say, some. I thought we were going to get Earl Campbell. I already had Joe Washington and Billy Sims, Kenny King, all these good players in my backfield then, but Earl was going to fit in there perfectly. I thought he was coming. He committed to me, but his mother, she was a maid for someone 
who was a Texas graduate and a big Longhorn fan, so I knew that was going to be hard to overcome. That's the one who got away. And I think, I think we talked about this about a month ago. I think the story with Earl Campbell is didn't he wake up on the morning that he was supposed to announce, like an orange car drove by? He prayed the night before oh, for a no. sign. Like, he prayed like to where he's going to go. And that stupid orange car had to drive by at that same time. God. If only the king knew. He had been driving up and down that road all day long in a red convertible of some, you know. Could have had Earl, Earl Campbell, Billy Sims, Kenny King, and Joe Washington all at OU Ugh, at the same time. Goodness gracious. Oh, my gosh. Talk about an embarrassment of riches. And uh, here, here's what he said about Eric Dickerson. I really thought we were going to get Eric Dickerson, too, but we were out of state. The kid then called me when he was a freshman at SMU and wanted to transfer. He calls me and tells me he's coming. I said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to hang up the phone. I've got to call my AD and tell him you called wanting me to transfer. Then all of a sudden, he's going to pick up the phone, and he's going to call your athletic director, and he's going to be told what happened, and then he's going to tell the coach. The head coach is going to be told what you did, and you know what's going to happen? You're going to get recruited again. And that's exactly what happened. Now it's legal. That's what NIL stands for. Now it's legal. In quotes. So when we talk about NIL, we must now reference Barry Switzer saying NIL stands for now it's legal. I also think Barry Switzer helped uh, Eric Dickerson get some uh, get some extra cash while he was at SMU. By the way, update on the saga that was taking place on air yesterday. Yeah, please. Uh, J.G. Wentworth's baby girl arrived yesterday yeah! at three fifty. Awesome. So let me. So J.G. Wentworth's cool. wife texted this show to let us know that J.G. Wentworth was listening. While his wife was in labor and texting in, yeah, interacting with awesome. the Kimple Myers Chevrolet text line, <laughs> she texted that in at 2.45 and then gave birth at 3.50. I don't know who's more of a diehard <laughs> in this situation, J.G. <laughs> Wentworth or his wife. I think it's his wife now. I mean, she's the first to send us a baby picture of the, of the newborn, which, which thank you, by the way, for, for doing that. I r- really enjoy it. Um, congratulations as well. That is, that is awesome. Um, but, yeah. I mean, we gave out J.G. Wentworth's cash app yesterday. Maybe we should give out the wife's cash app today. Just an idea. Not even sure how much money J.G. Wentworth made on the old cash app yesterday when we, uh, when we shared that on the, uh, on the rush yesterday. But that's cool. That's a cool moment. Alex from Manford on the text line says, That's funny about the Earl Campbell story because I woke up today and a black Escalade was driving <laughs> yeah. by. And you took, you took cover. You just knew someone was about to rob your house like they did Lincoln Riley. Oh, man. Chonky Chuck says, nah, the Whitworth baby is the number one listener in the household. I could believe that. The whole family, man. The whole f- That's why we need to make up these ref onesies. You know, we've had all these newborn ref army members, and we have nothing, nothing to give them. The ref onesies need to happen. Uh, Sooner Warrior says, Dickerson wanted to go to OU. 405, Pat Jones kept the Barry Sanders videotape and never let it come to Switzer. I, I've heard that story as well. Pretty smart by old Pat Jones, too, if Chicanery. I guess back then, pre-internet, you could do that, though. Well, I mean, and think about it like this way in terms of modern recruiting. Because even, like, dude, even 20 years ago, it was easy for someone in a very small town to go completely under the radar yep. 
you know, in the early stages of the internet recruiting area, it was it was easy for that to happen. Heck, Teddy had to come to camp and run a 40 to get offered by OU, right? And then it started rolling for him. But it doesn't seem like that's the case as much now with how much how much recruiting is covered these days. Now, for instance, not only do people know who Lincoln Cure is out in yeah, Goodland, right. Kansas, but he's a top 50 recruit in the nation. 30 years ago, someone coming from Goodland, Kansas, like, who's this kid from way out in the middle of nowhere in western Kansas? He's probably, he shows up and he's one of the better players on your team. Yeah, he's probably committed to Colorado because that's the only place he camped. <laughs> probably, right? Or he's he's a, he's a junior coming from some uh, JUCO out in western Kansas. He, he's a junior transferring from Dodge City Community College. That's that's where he is. Oh, gosh, coming from. Four hundred five listener says, "Should we start texting you with all the weird things we might be doing during your show?" Yes. Uh, yeah. It, Are you kidding me? Yeah. Gunny does it every single day. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> we never have to wonder what Gunny's up to. He keeps us posted on the regular. But sure, go ahead. Text us whatever weird things you're doing during the show. We reserve the right not to read them all if they're not FCC appropriate. Well, but. By all means, let us know what you're up to. We may not always know what the text line is up to during the show, but in a lot of circumstances, I know what their plans are after the show because it happens all the time on the rush. Someone thinks they're texting their wife, their significant other. Oh, gosh. And they text us so much that, well, it just just comes through on the text line, man. It's, it's happened multiple uh, times throughout the years. Sooner Greg is ready to go to war on this Valentine's Day. He says, a beautiful Valentine's Day. Porter still sucks. Get real. No one wants Porter. He's pulling a Pete Hughes. Get him out of here. Man. Wow. We were were coming out with the positive vibes on this show today, and Sooner Greg's just like, "Let's, let's rake Porter Moser over the coals. Well, I don't know if I came out super positive today. It's like, hey, here are the two big recruits that Barry Switzer missed that he still... <laughs> regrets but is that is that do you think that represents the majority of the fan base they want porter moser fired no i don't think that represents the majority of the fan I don't base i think so either i it's it's hard to figure that contingent isn't going to grow unless things turn around here for oklahoma and the tough part about it is you're sitting there wondering okay like how how do things turn around you're down john hughley now you're down Rivaldo Suarez. Kansas is coming to town this weekend. Mm-hmm. Not great. Not great. Luckily, Kansas and, is the worst basketball team on the road of all time. So you got that going. Got that going at least. I guess. That's something to Till be they come to Norman about. and win by 30. Oh, gosh. Look, Oklahoma wins two more games. They're going to the NCAA tournament. That's really all they have to do. So – in all likelihood, this team is making the field of 68. But if they don't get healthy and they don't get right, it's hard to believe that they actually win a game come tournament time. Yeah, well, um, the whole, you know, Moser to Creighton thing, you're, you're seeing that online a little bit more. Moser to DePaul. Do you see what old Doug Gottlieb tweeted out today? What did he tweet out? Be, uh, Ohio State's looking for a, a new head coach. That they which, are. by the way... Ross Bjork's already up there firing people at Ohio State and paying him $12.8 million to get out of town. That's how big Holtman's buyout was? They have to pay him all $12.8 million remaining on his salary. Bruh. So Ross Bjork's been up there six hours, and he's already up there firing coaches. So just don't lose to Michigan, Ryan Day. 
don't don't do it. Ross Bjork's already firing people. Don't you dare lose to Michigan next year. But um, Ohio State's looking for a new coach. Greg McDermott is on the short list, I, I guess, for the Ohio State job. Yes, yes. D- so can confirm that is the case. Doug Gottlieb tweeted out, McDermott to OSU, Moser to Creighton, OU would be interesting, dot, dot, dot. I, I will say this. Based on what I know, and look, it is February. Lord knows how many vacancies or which vacancies are going to be open by this time a month from now. But as of right now, as things sit right now, if Porter Moser were to leave Oklahoma, I think the most likely course of action based on the conversations I've had would be Greg McDermott takes the Ohio State job and Porter Moser goes back home to Creighton. That'd be one of their first options, if not their first option, if he goes to Ohio State. Well, somebody in the 402 said, DePaul is Porter's LSU, but Creighton is his USC. <laughs> oh, boy. He's getting, he's getting the mule shoe parallels. Favorite is, that text. We can come back to that at a later date. This is we, not we going well. What's LaDonna saying? Why do people want Porter fired? He's had to deal with a different team every year, and who's going to want to come to OU? I think so, someone's still going to want the OU job. I'd, they'll, they'll, they'll go get someone. And they they need to go ahead and make the NCAA tournament this year, or <laughs> maybe uh, Porter will really want to go to Creighton. A Wisconsin listener says, people who want the basketball coach fired are dumb. I don't like slash really watch basketball, and even I know we couldn't find a better guy for the current conditions slash recruiting pipeline we have. I, I think Porter Moser, well... Let, let's let the. I was about to have the big statement. Porter Moser will be back next year. I think that'll happen. But let's let this McDermott thing to Ohio State sort itself uh-huh. out first. Let's let that sort I'm itself out first. Big Rich in OKC is trying to make a, a joke out of all of this and in all caps saying, Hey, honey, about to leave work. Get that hot bod ready. <laughs> He's joking, I think, but these are the types of things that will appear on the text line. Insincerity? Later in the day. Yes, sir. It's happened many a times before. Thank God no photos have been attached. Oh, gosh. Do not, do not see that as a challenge, text line. I warn you now. You shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Blocking will happen. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. A lot of crouton to get to today. There's something interesting going on in the state of Texas in the 2025 class. What is it? We'll tell you coming up next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref for the homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, and you've heard us talk a lot about the 2025 group in the state of Oklahoma. It's really good. And not only is the 2025 class in Oklahoma really good, the majority of those players in the top 10 are already committed to OU. So what I thought I'd do today, Parker, is I thought, okay, we're deep enough in this 2025 cycle. Let's take a peek at state number two. Some would say maybe even state number one in terms of importance year in and year out for OU football recruiting. Let's look at what's going on in the state of Texas. Now, before I let you know exactly what's going on in Texas with the top players, we're still thinking that OU leads for Jonah Williams at a Galveston ball, correct? Good there? Good there. Okay. What's the current situation with Michael Fasusi? Is anyone willing to say that OU leads, OU Texas? They're up there. Okay. Still feels like a Red River rivalry battle on the recruiting trail to me. OU Texas leading the pack. Now, these rankings nationally by state will will change, but Texas is interesting right now, man, even though it's early in the cycle. 
DeCorian Moore out of Duncanville is the number one player in Texas, according to rivals. LSU commit. Devin Sanchez, corner out of Houston North Shore, is committed to Ohio State. We think Jonah Williams, OU still leads there. OU absolutely has a chance for Michael Fasusi out of Louisville. And then the number eight player, Adrian Wilson out of Pflugerville, is committed to Oregon. So three of the top eight in the state of Texas are committed outside the state. And if OU were to get Jonah Williams and Michael Fasusi, that would be at least five of the eight inside the state of Texas. I, it just kind of goes to the point that Texas will always get their fair share in their own state. At least I feel like they will. A&M will clean up as well. But the state of Texas in recruiting, man, and I, and I think since A&M made that move to the SEC, it opened up that state more than it ever had been previously. Yeah, it is wide open. I will say I don't think right now that Adrian Wilson will end up signing with Oregon just because he's, he's way too I, – I, I guess fickle would be the right word, but that dude's mind changes as the wind blows. You want some background on how Adrian Wilson's recruitment has gone. How about this, Tyler? Committed to Texas Tech silently, never announced it. Committed to Oklahoma silently, never announced it. Committed to TCU publicly, did (laughs) announce it. Flipped to Oregon, did announce it. Silently flipped to Texas A&M, never announced it. Flipped back to Oregon behind the scenes. And obviously didn't have to announce it because in the public eye he was still committed. He's 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 this class Jordan Seaton then. Announce on TV that he's going somewhere, and then the next day it's like, well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens with him. Uh Yeah, that recruitment has been bonkers. I'm glad I don't have to pay a whole lot of attention to it going forward. Yeah, but um, out-of-state schools are faring quite nicely in the state of Texas, and that could be Oklahoma included. And Look, man, we've talked about this enough times before. I think the SEC move has already helped OU in recruiting. And it will continue to help OU recruiting, I think, even more so moving forward. The move to the SEC, once OU's actually in the SEC, and you see him play Ole Miss, you see him play other teams throughout the SEC like Alabama, I I think that that's only going to help OU's recruiting moving forward. But I think that you can also make the cases, as much as the SEC has helped or will help OU in recruiting, I think it's maybe probably hurt it a little bit as well over the course of the past decade plus, after Texas A&M bolted for the SEC. And why I say that is the point that I just made a couple of minutes ago. I just think when A&M left to go to the SEC, it kind of changed everything with recruiting in the state of Texas. And we were probably always going to get to a day, man, where you're seeing more out of kids or more uh, kids go out of state to schools. But I finally, I think you're finally getting back to that benefit that maybe affected you being in the Big 12 for so long especially with kids in the state of Texas that want to go play in the SEC. By the way, I know we typically do a small town of the day on this show. Yeah, I have it down already. Oh, I, Yeah, first-timer. First-timer. I don't know how to it. pronounce it, but yeah. Oh, I guess we'll, <laughs> we'll learn very quickly via the text line. But how about Patriot of the Day, Chonky Chuck, who says, I'm currently munching on a hot dog whilst reading the Declaration of Independence. Wow, this guy. Oh. Huh. 
That munching on a hot dog or reading the Declaration of Independence. That right Mm. there, Chonky Chuck is a man after Toby Keith's own heart. May he rest in peace. Yeah. Well done, Chonky Chuck. You are our patriot of the day. And not so uh, better news, Alex from Manford says, shooting at the KC parade, at least seven people shot so far. I did see that on my social media feed. Ugh. Hate that. Hope everyone's okay. What do you think the uh, championship parade when OU wins their next national championship in football is going to look like? Last time they just had a celebration inside the stadium. I wonder if they'll have an actual parade, a parade routes, or everyone just gathers inside the palace and we celebrate it on a random we- uh, weekend. I don't know. Make it into a recruiting mean, event. That's what you do nowadays. <laughs> Bring everybody back. Hold the parade on. Well, I guess what was their big junior day? The very first January twenty seventh. Hold the parade on January twenty seventh. Oh, yeah, you'd get some commits off that. Charge people 20 bucks to get in. It's all going to NIL. It's all going to NIL, guys. Come on. You got 20 bucks to view the championship celebration, and all of it goes to NIL, which I did see. I'm not really on Reddit ever. Not sure if I'm missing out on Reddit at all. But some Florida Gator Reddit, I guess that's a thing. They were talking about NIL, and basically it's – I know you saw it as well. It's like, this is kind of the determining factor if we lose out to Arkansas for a recruit or not. Seems like a pretty dire situation out there in Gainesville. Yeah, well, I think the – you know, I, I retweeted the post. I'll read it to you word for word because it was pretty good. Uh, the post was – oh, gosh, where is it? No, no, come back to me. Ah, yes, here it is. What was once let the kids do some local car dealership commercials has now become – I have to put aside money every month so we don't lose to Arkansas. <laughs> and yep. that's that's not not Alabama, not not Georgia, not not LSU, not even Tennessee. Arkansas, who's one of the worst teams in the SEC right now. Mm. Yikes! Florida's down pretty bad right now, man. And me thinks that they're probably going to be looking for a new head coach by the by the month of November. Yeah, Florida is not patient. The fan base is not patient. The administration is not patient. I think Billy Napier is a good coach, but he's not going to get enough time to turn things around in Gainesville. They are a very fickle fan base. That's that's yes. for sure. When, when it's rolling and they're really good, they'll show up. And the swamp is super intimidating, or they're playing a big time opponent, but. It feels like uh, one of the SEC schools where if things aren't going all that well and things aren't exciting, they don't necessarily show up every single Saturday. And it, and it sucks because Florida is one of those programs where I just feel like it's better for college football if they are winning. There are some of those schools where I just think, okay, if they're nationally elite every year, all in all, it is a good thing for college football. I think Notre Dame fits the bill. Uh, there are a number of schools that fit that bill. Texas is obviously not one of them. Don't say USC but, either. Oh, yeah. No, USC. Don't say no, Mizzou. No, they can sink into obscurity. Actually, we don't know that. if Missouri being good is good for college football because we've never actually seen it before. <laughs> so what we is, actually what don't is know this that actually answer. like? <laughs> we have no idea how college football would be affected if Mizzou was ever good enough for any, uh, any long period of time. Never seen it before. Um, yeah, 405-651-3439. Hit us up on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. uh, Sooner JJ says, I wonder where TBOW and Clark Stroud are going out tonight for Valentine's Day. Probably got that lover's package at the Marriott just like they did last year. (laughs) Evergreen content. Yeah, it was really good. Nice job, guys.
Uh, by the way, Caden Knighton, in-state running back, he decommitted from Vandy, what, two weeks ago? Yeah, he, two, three weeks. He committed to Baylor yesterday. 24-7 has him as a four-star, the number 23 running back out of Winniewood, Oklahoma. And I'm guessing he just realized or was told that, hey, man, we like you, but the OU offer is just, just not going to happen. I mean, that's basically what it amounts to. Mm-hmm. And his position coach at Baylor, his primary recruiter at Baylor is Keenan Hall, a guy that is one of the top up-and-coming assistants in all of college football and gave Knighton his first offer as a freshman when he was on staff at SMU. So Caden Knighton now committed to Baylor. It kind of feels like he um, he, he decommitted from Vandy, but it s- some of the things that he said in an interview I, I, I found today that he looks pretty um, pretty locked in right now with Baylor, so so best of luck to him, but not out of the question that OU could land a PWO running back in state this cycle. What, you got the kid from uh, Edmund Santa Fe? That's, Demarius that's really Robinson. Good. Yeah. 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 Wouldn't hate that. Wouldn't hate that. He's dynamite. Mm-hmm. Would be a very valuable addition if Oklahoma could get him on a PWO. Uh, 918, missed some of locked in. Any news on Landon Rink or any other defensive tackle in this class? Uh, news? No. Oklahoma's battling Ohio State, Texas A&M, and Texas for Landon Rink. Here's my concern. My concern is that all all the reporting right now indicates, hey, it's not going to be Texas for Landon Rink. It's not going to be Texas. His family's at odds with Texas. Ah, I love that. And we've seen all of that before, haven't we? Love to hear that, yeah. We've seen all of that before. At this odds. exact This exact <laughs> same scenario unfolded in the 2023 cycle. And where did Colton Vosick end up signing? <sighs> the University of Texas. Mm-hmm. And so, while it would seem right now that Landon Rink isn't going to be a Longhorn, uh, convince mm-hmm. me. Convince me that he doesn't sign with the burnt orange welcome to the show angry ronnie we going after any tight ends this cycle uh, well yes well, they are, are. <laughs> yes multiple actually this could be the best tight end class in uh quite some time potentially could be got some work to do which i, I feel like i keep saying that for certain things could be the best class in oklahoma in a long time could be the best crop of uh tight end prospects we've seen in quite some time and then I said another one yesterday about in-state kids, and I, I think we need to circle back to that one to make sure it's it's uh, it's true or not. What was that now? Uh, quarterbacks in the is this the best oh. crop of quarterbacks that we've seen in the state of Oklahoma in quite some time? I've, I, I've got the top three, and I kind of looked at the past five six classes or so. So uh, we'll look at that and a whole lot more when it comes to twenty five recruiting when we get back right here on the ref. Off the rails. That's where we're at right now on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Cherokee Sooner says, can't wait to see you tonight, baby. Hope you wear that purple. And then it's having a uh, tough time loading on the... Can you load Cherokee Sooner's text up over on uh, your computer screen? Oh, gosh. Yeah, quite the tease already. Hope you wear that purple... Yeah, is the internet down? Oh, no. Oh, oh no. no. I think oh, the oh. internet's down. Okay, here you oh, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't wait to see you tonight, baby. Hope you wear that purple flame thong with feathers hanging out that I love. Winking face emoji. <laughs> Sooner Jut's currently leaving Gunnies, and I can't remember where my house is. Jamie and Whitehouse, Doug Gottlieb, an even bigger D-bag than Travis Kelsey. Ooh, that's a pretty good race right there. 
I'm going to side with Travis Kelsey, though, on the bigger of the D-bags there. By the way, 10 people shot in Kansas City today during the parade. Awful, man. That's no good. Prayers to those folks. Yeah, it's it's not good. Anything new on uh, Marcus Wimberly, who we talked about yesterday? Um, Because, dude, Michigan insiders projecting OU, Arkansas insiders projecting OU. It sounds like he wants to be at OU really bad. But is the question still if OU has room or not? I I wouldn't say he wants to be at OU really bad. I would say OU is the school that fits him the best of the options that he's explored thus far. And I think in the end he will come to realize that Oklahoma fits him the best, period. No qualifiers needed. But I said it yesterday, and it's worth repeating, he's a guy that kind of much like Nate Roberts – was committed somewhere at one point, realized in hindsight that the first time he committed, he probably pulled the trigger too early and wasn't diligent enough in exploring all of his options. And so he's really determined here to check every box before he makes the second and what he hopes will be the final decision. And so the timeline is what's holding me back on putting in a prediction for Marcus Wimberly to Oklahoma, because I do think Oklahoma leads comfortably as of right now. But Omarion Robinson, Oklahoma's other safety target from the state of Arkansas, is going to be back on campus with the Sooners a full month sooner than Wimberly. Omarion Robinson is coming back on March 9th. Marcus Wimberly is coming back on April 9th. Oklahoma, in all likelihood, is only taking one of those two because the other spot is reserved for you know who yeah yeah right so let's go jonah come on let's go i want to find out what happens and obviously it's what three weeks off in the distance so we're not going to get an answer anytime like imminently soon but i want to see what happens with amarian robinson's second visit to oklahoma before i pencil marcus wimberly into the class uh, 29 days this month, and so we're right about smack dab in the middle of uh, the month of February. So who is the midway leader for KREF Recruiter of the Month in the month of February? Well, it has to be Sir William E. Beatonbow, doesn't it? It does. I, he's, the three he's the Pete, only one on the board, isn't he? The three-peat is beginning to look more and more likely for Sir William E. Beatonbow. Now, there are a lot of crystal balls in right now, but does it feel like anything is super imminent? in the next two weeks? I mean, maybe something happens in 2025, but if you don't think Marcus Wimberly is going to commit anytime soon, the newest crystal ball, then that means we we may not have another commit until at least March. That means Sir William E. is your K-Ref Recruit of the Month three times in a row. Well done, if that's the case. I mean, Emmett Jones kicked off the Recruiter of the Month tradition with a bang, because the very first three Recruiter of the Month awards all went to Emmett Jones. But ever since, there has not been anybody that's even won back-to-back awards, nope. let alone three in a row. So, Bill Beatonbow's on the verge of entering exclusive company. It's the year of the Beatonbow. Just get ready for it. 24-year, 25 class. Stay out of the way. Slim Brady says, how many linebackers are we taking? Took one last year in James I Nesta. Think, yeah. So you have one committed in Marcus James. You have another kid committed that isn't technically regarded as a linebacker right now, but I think that's what he ends up playing 
I think Trene Washington is a linebacker in the long run. Oklahoma is only taking one more backer. Now, who that is, I don't know. Could be Christian Jones. Could be Elijah Barnes. Uh, I, who are some other viable candidates? I don't know. I guess that's pretty much all I can come up with off the top of my head. But, yeah, uh, uh, Dawson Merritt. There you go. There's another one. Kansas City kid. Um one more linebacker the rest of the way in the 2025 class. You know, like talking about linebacker recruiting reminds me of a conversation we were having yesterday on the rush just with spring ball approaching is that if you look at each position and their situations heading into spring ball, some situations are better than others. But outside quarterback, man, there is going to be not only competition, but seemingly legitimate competition at every single spot. I think Jackson Arnold's going to be the starting quarterback next year. Hot take, I know. But offensive line, that's pretty far off from being settled, isn't it? Spring could have a lot to say as to what happens next Absolutely. year. Yep. Running back, you've got your bodies there, but who's going to emerge as your top one, two, three guys at that spot? Spring will go a long way towards that. you got to figure out who your best tight end is, whether it's a transfer portal guy, a true freshman, or someone that's returning from injury. Wide receiver, you got to sort out that group. D-line, I mean, I, I feel good about two interior guys you have coming back, but just for overall depth purposes, there's some real um, competition there. Edge, there's competition. D-end, linebacker next to Stutzman, there's a lot of competition. Corner, I think it's probably going to be Woody Washington and Gentry Williams, but Josiah Wagner looked really good leading up to the year, and for as much as Gentry Williams was banged up, you're going to need more than two corners next year playing. And then safety, you've got all this talent. What does that look like? And then with Cheetah as well, Justin Harrington, if he gets that extra year. And he will get that extra so year. So it's just like there are some positions that you feel really good about, some that maybe you're more nervous about. But spring is going to be competition across the board. There's not a whole lot of players that have just locked in a spot of, yeah, he's your number one guy there, and there's not much question. Those guys do exist on this team, sure. but it's just not all over the place. And I think that's the way you'd like to have it, right? You have a good idea of who the majority of your starters are going to be on defense, but offensively, you got a ton of healthy competition, and you do have a bunch of positions on uh, across the entire roster, really, where you have more guys who are qualified to start than you do have starting positions, right? Look at wide receiver, for instance. Oh, yeah. Jalil Farouk, Andrell Anthony, Nick Anderson, and pick a fourth, let's say, well, Deion Burks, probably from Purdue. One of those guys isn't starting, right? Who who gets the short straw? Who are you going to tell? Yep, you're coming off the bench. First world problems. The types of problems you like to have. Wide receiver feels like it has first world problems. I, I want to see Nick Anderson really be a lot more consistent. I, I think that he's th- this could be his big year. His I don't know if it's his breakout year because he did have a good year last year. But the year where he really emerges as a true number one threat. I hope that happens for him. But forget just about competition, Parker. Like who's going to start? For a lot of those guys, it's going to be, do I get processed at the end of spring ball? Ugh. Do I have a spot on the roster with a scholarship going into the summer? A lot on the line for a lot of players this year. And with the mood of the SEC coming up, um, yeah, I think everyone knows the uh, the current situation. Yesterday, this listener from Hartshorn, Oklahoma, 
asked, what is your detailed and factually based argument that Mizzou is fool's gold, something more than a generally vague notion based on bias of they have been bad in the past? Steely and I answered that question on the air. Today, this same listener asks, please share some logic as to why Florida is better for national prominence than, say, USC or Texas, LOL. I mean something other than your own personal bias. Be an expert here as your promo states. Okay, well, I look, obviously bias plays into it. We're in the Oklahoma market, but if you're looking for a purely objective rationale, how about this? A, outside of the Texas fan base, everybody kind of hates Texas. Yeah. Texas is the most hateable program in the nation. And also, Florida generates a lot more public interest as a football program than USC, and you don't have to look any further than attendance at home games for evidence of this. Well, that's what I was about to ask is when we say that, well, hey, this program being good is good for college football. Does that essentially amount to here are all the people that are really pissed off when they're really good? Is that what it amounts to when we say them being good is good for college football because everyone wants to watch them and hate watch them and hope they lose? Because there's a lot of teams in the SEC that hate Florida. LSU hates Florida. Tennessee hates Florida. Georgia hates Florida. Auburn, that used to be a big, uh, I, I don't know, a huge rival. They used to be rivals. Florida State hates Florida. Miami hates, there's a lot of teams out there. South Carolina hates Florida. But that's the beauty of the SEC. I think everyone kind of hates everyone to an extent. Exactly. And I think you can. it's as simple as Florida is in the SEC, USC is not. That's why Florida being nationally prominent uh, carries more weight than USC being nationally prominent. 405-651-3439 is the Kinnipamaya Chevrolet text line. More Cruton coming up next right here on The Ref. Dorsey Jones, Buick, GMC in El Reno. Bring you the sour of Locked In with McComas and Thune. Dorsey Jones, they have half-price oil changes on Saturdays, and they pride themselves on having the best service technicians and friendly service advisors that put your needs first. Check them out in El Reno, Dorsey Jones, Buick, GMC. By the way, the small town of the day, Bremen, Brahman. Basically, it's north of uh, Blackwell, which if you're north of Blackwell and still in the state yep. of Oklahoma, you're really close to the camp. It looks I've, like the the final town north, you're on I-35 until you hit the Kansas line. Very familiar with Bremen, I believe is the correct pronunciation, as far as I am aware. And I drive through it every single time I go home to Nebraska. So, yes, it is the last stop along I-35 in the state of Oklahoma if you are driving north. Bremen, Oklahoma, small town of the day. Someone's been streaming on an iPad, it says, for two hours, 24 minutes, and 30 sec- 36 Dang. seconds. Yeah, It's legit. Shout out Bremen. How about shout out the state of Oklahoma and the quarterback talent in state for 2025. Kevin Sperry is committed to OU out of Carl Alberts. David McComb of Edmund Memorial is committed to KU. Shaker Rizig just committed to Utah a few days ago. I mean, that's three Power 5 teams of in-state quarterback commit. Like, it just goes to say, it could be one of the better quarterback classes the state has seen in quite some time. That's a, that's a pretty impressive three there. Yeah. I mean, again, I am young relative to the median age of 
recruiting analysts and reporters across the country, so I have less of a breadth of knowledge, historically speaking. But as far as I can recall, that's the best quarterback class in the history of the state of Oklahoma. I uh, tw- I went back just just to like five years. I can go back twenty years if we really need to do that with this conversation. But twenty twenty three, Cal Swanson of Ardmore went to Illinois. Yep. Uh, 2022, you had Max Brown of Lincoln Christian go to Florida. He's now at Charlotte. And you had Carson May of Jones go to Iowa in He's that class. He's now at Wyoming. Yeah. So, this class looking pretty good, man. It is. A listener of the 918 says, Parker, please use logic and solid reasoning to show why Getty Lee mm-hmm. is the greatest player, uh, greatest bass player in history and not just your bias. Be an expert. That's Dan the Man. I agree, Dan. Well, yeah, here you go. I agree. Dan the Man. Uh, the reason why Getty Lee is the greatest bass player in history is because he sang while playing bass, which is exceedingly difficult to do. When you look at the tone, the precision, the speed with which he played, Getty Lee was the equivalent of a five-tool player in the bass world. He could do it all. And he did it all over the course of his musical career with the greatest rock trio of all time, Rush. If you don't click on the actual text on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, you can only read about half of it before you preview it. Uh-huh. So I saw a text from the 580. It says, just thought of this, but ne- could Nebraska honor Toby Keith? I'm like, well, where's this one going? Just thought of this, but Nebraska could honor Toby Keith as well by playing I Ain't As Good As I Once Was. <laughs> so when that <laughs> random Nebraska shot has been has been taken on the text line today. Yeah, well... We got 30 seconds to close. We had to fit a Nebraska dig into the show somewhere, now, didn't we? Any update on the special teams hire, special teams analyst hire? No update. I expect it to be done in the next 7 to 10 days. No clear answer as to who it's going to be. Oh, crap. Somebody brought up Les Claypool. Now I'm rethinking everything. This is not the right conversation to have a minute before we uh, no, it's a minute not. Before you get out of here. Gosh, we'll have to find another day. A uh, guy from Parts Unknown says 98 Tuttle quarterback Jason White. 98 wins. Well, yeah, but who else was in that class there with Jason White? So I'm saying they got three pretty good quarterbacks in this 25 class in Oklahoma. All right, the rush coming up next. Keep it locked in the ref.